You're listening to the Unshamed Podcast. We talk about important topics that are culturally taboo when it comes to the female body, mind, and soul. We want to break down shame that surrounds these topics so that women can be empowered in their everyday lives. Make sure to like and subscribe and share this with your friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unshamed Podcast. Uh, this is cool because this is the first episode of the Unshamed Podcast. Um, we're going to kick this off by hearing from you, actually. Um, I've been putting out a few, uh, well, at the moment, just one survey, thinking about some more in the future, but trying to find out what shame means to the Irish culture, especially to young women here in Ireland. Um, shame, you know, it's not good anywhere around the world, but it seems to be a particularly big problem here in Ireland. Um, I'm going to focus on the Irish culture in this podcast, but many of the things will translate to your culture, even if you're not Irish. Um, and these are just some good questions to ask for you know, anybody from any any place around the world. We're going to discuss what shame means here in Ireland um, and then find out um, what we do about that reality. I mean, it's not good enough to just say, oh, shame's bad. Hmm, that's terrible. But to actually say, are we going to make a change? Are we going to do something different? So um, first, a little bit about me and, and the show, like what it's about. Um, so I want to introduce this brand new show to you um, so that you have a foundation for all the amazing episodes to come. Hopefully they're amazing. We'll see. Um, About me, I grew up in Louisiana, so I'm a Cajun girl. I love gumbo and all that good stuff. Um, And I became a certified nurse midwife many years ago. Um, My last job was actually in uh, women's health. I worked in a public health department, so I got a a lot of experience with all different kinds of healthcare problems. Um, you name it, I probably saw it. Um, and um, then in 2012, uh, moved to Ireland. Oh, but, but rewind there, because a really, really special thing happened before I moved to Ireland. I married the wonderful Blake. Yes, my husband, Blake Edgman. He is musical genius, um, fellow sci-fi nerd, and a fellow coffee lover like me. Um, so we've been married for, oh, wow, over 10 years. That's really amazing. Um, <laughs> we made it. Um So we've been married for a while, a little while, but we moved to Ireland in 2012, and then I quickly got pregnant with our son, Eden, our first little boy, and he, he's the one who made me a mommy, and uh, before him, boy, if you're ever listening to this, Eden, I'm really sorry, but I didn't really like kids before I had him, (laughs) Um, but then I had him, and and I learned how to to like children, Um, and then... Um, in 2015, I actually had a miscarriage at 11 weeks, I lost our little fetus, and um, that was a really hard time for me. I mean, I'm actually, I still, there's times when I still grieve and it's really weird and it'll just be the weirdest thing where I'll think about, I don't know, I'll think about marmalade <laughs> and then I'll start to feel really sad because that's what they gave me in the hospital on my toast was marmalade. Um, but, you know... The grieving continues, and it was really hard at first. And when it was really bad, I actually, um, I, 
I put it out there on social media and, and told everybody about about the miscarriage and about what happened. Um, we named the little baby Zoe. That's what we called her. And uh, of course, at 11 weeks, you don't know the sex of the baby. But we decided that it was best for closure and for our own um, for our, our own em- emotional health that we needed to name our child. So that's what we named her. And it was weird. I got so many responses from women um, who said that they had never told anybody that they had a miscarriage, that they had kind of kept this thing a secret. And it was the first time I heard about women just um, keeping something that big a secret. And I was, I was really kind of upset about that, that they would, um, that they would uh, experience loss of their child and feel like they couldn't tell anybody. And that topic actually is something that we're going to cover in a later episode on fetal, fetal loss. What do we do with that? How do we feel about that? And can we tell people? Should we tell people? Um, that's very important to talk about. So um, in the middle of the, my, my grief and mourning, the, the, the worst of the grief, I actually got pregnant with our, sec- or our third pregnancy, second boy named Eli. Um, he was our rainbow baby. So I have two little guys. Well, actually three. I've lived with three men, a lot of testosterone in the house. So I'm the only girl here to um, keep things interesting. (laughs) It's plenty interesting. Um, But once after I had Eli, once the sleepless nights kind of dissipated a little bit, my brain started to power back up again. Um, My midwifery roots they caused me to start a um, little plant kind of appeared, I guess, um, which was the continued desire to encourage women in crisis pregnancy. Um, in my experience in public health, I saw a lot of women with not really n- very few resources who ended up pregnant and they weren't planning it. Um, so it's always been kind of something close to my heart to help women who um found themselves in a situation that wasn't really something socially sanctioned, um, but need, but we're in the most need of encouragement. So I really feel like that's, as part of my mission is to, to help women who are in that situation. So in 2018, I started Zoe community with the help of a few other people, a few other women who were like, yeah, we feel exactly the same way. We feel like, um, there's some encouragement for women in crisis pregnancy at the moment, but we feel like there needs to be more. There definitely needs to be more. Um, Zoe community, uh, obviously named after our little girl, Zoe. Um, it's an organization that really like equips communities to support women in crisis pregnancy. Um, this idea of community based crisis pregnancy support is kind of, um, it's kind of new, it's something we're exploring right now. Um, we just think it's really cool that this uh, the idea of a woman being able to be supported in her local community by her local community in a way that she feels most comfortable and a way that's most natural for her. So um, we really want to train volunteers in those local communities to support women and to listen without criticism, be able to respond and help in practical ways that are just right and tailor-made for the women in crisis. Um, we also want to create ways for women to access more support um, 
And we want to engage with our communities to tackle the issues that are brought on by shame culture. Um, that last little bit was um, what really started the ball rolling on this podcast, actually. Um, we thought it was important to start um, talking about shame. We found from talking to women who had gone through unplanned pregnancies or crisis pregnancies, not all unplanned pregnancies are crisis pregnancies, actually, fun fact, Um, but a lot of them had, um, had had experienced shame as really the single catalyst in their decisions to have an unwanted termination or to keep an unplanned pregnancy a secret. Um, so since that seems pretty toxic, uh, we, we are committing ourselves to kind of unpacking a bit about shame and shame in the female body really throughout this podcast. So if you like this topic, click like and subscribe so you can stay updated. Um, because we're going to have lots of future topics, lots of future topics on the female body, on uh, our minds, um, even spirituality. We might talk about all that kind of stuff. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that we'll talk about, things that are not typically talked about in society, but things that we that might be on our minds that we love to share stories about. And we also want to hear from you. We especially want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to hear about. We want to know if you have a story to share. Um, because you never know, you might end up as a guest on the podcast sharing your story and how cool would that be? Um, so we've already started hearing from you, which is really cool. Um, the first survey that we put out there, we've gotten a few responses so far, By the time this podcast comes out, shoot, we might've reached almost our goal. Um, at the moment, we're hoping to get a hundred responses. That's our initial goal, but then we love to get to a thousand responses. That's, that's our big, big tuna, the big goal. Um, that would be amazing. But, um, I wanted to give you guys a few long answers that we got, um, to the question, what is shame? So we just wanted to ask women, Irish women under the age of 35, what they thought about the idea of shame. I'll just read you a few of their quotes. Um, uh, shame is embarrassment, but like pre-embarrassment, like, you feel awful about how awful it would be if people found out, but also f- just feeling guilty and disgusting by yourself. I, I have felt that before. I think we've all felt that, that shame. Where does it come from? It's just so, so awful. Another quote is, to feel guilty or embarrassed about something you did or was done to you. That's a, that's a big one. Um, when you think or talk about it, you want to hide and become upset or angry. You find it very difficult to talk about. And this last one, I thought, um, really hits home uh, because I've heard this. I've heard this sort of said in similar ways by other people to feel like you are less than because of something you've done or has been done to you. Um, so these are just a few. There were many, many more responses. I wish I could read them all, but a lot of them kind of said the same thing about all this stuff about shame, about it being not not as much about something you've done, but about something within you, something that's part of you. Um, so I'm going to say what I think, <laughs> what I think it means for us to have shame in our culture. Honestly, I think it's a tool that people use. I'm going to say we because I'm a person, you know, 
that um, we tend to use to control each other's behavior. Sometimes we do it unknowingly, sometimes unknowingly. Um, And I think it's sometimes a way for us to point the finger at each other instead of recognizing that we all have issues and we've all made mistakes. Um, And this is a big one. I ultimately think it's really a barrier to help and to healing for many people. So if there's a way that we can sort of break down that barrier a little bit and help people to experience freedom and healing, that's good. That would be amazing. Um, so what can we do? What can we do about this? Um, this is not the kind of thing that can just evaporate overnight. The antidote to shame, I don't think is a complete 180. It's not going around naked and protests or something. I don't think it's becoming really brash and shouting vaginas rule at the top of our lungs or anything like that. Um, I don't think that praise for the female body has to involve things like taking off clothes or becoming uncomfortable, uncomfortable, I can't say this word, uncomfortably vulnerable. There I am being vulnerable. Um, Everyone has, you know, their own level of comfort with how much they share, how much they want to share about their bodies. We need to respect that. That's a sidebar too, because, you know, some people might feel um, that the whole topic of reversing shame, they might feel weirded out about it because, oh, I don't want to share that much about my body. But that's not what, I don't think that's not what reversing shame is about. Um, I think that it's not a one-size-fits-all model for how much we share or don't share about our bodies. But I do think there's a response to shame that we actually can all share. Um, I think that it can be in an assurance of our worth as humans, that me, my whole self, every part of me is worth something. It's actually worth something, that no part of me is dirty or disgusting. Um I, I think, I believe this is part of my worldview, that we are all made with care and with creativity and forethought by God. And he doesn't make dirty things. He makes good things, only good things. And I think when, I think when he thought of creating you, I think he smiled and thought to himself, yeah, this is good. This is really good. I'm making something good and precious. Um, So I think that one answer, there's many answers, obviously, but one answer to the problem is to have honest discussions with each other about our bodies and minds as much as uh, we agree that we can talk about, Um, even about things, I think especially about things that are taboo. Um, I'll read you a quote by a really great author named Ann Voskamp. She said, shame dies when stories are told in safe places. I love that quote because it gives us a tool for disempowering shame, not letting it have any part of our lives. So to sum up, um, wrap this thing up a little bit. I think we're finding that shame here in Ireland is really complicated, um, really deeply rooted. Um, A lot of things in play as to why people feel shame and who they they feel shame from. Um, And it's, it's really difficult because... A lot of people can feel shame just for who they are. Um, But you should never feel shame for being human. You know, we're all human. We all have have things going on in our lives and difficult situations. Um, I like what Bono said fairly recently, I think. Um, 
he was very Bonoy when he said that we're all in, um, we're not all in the same boat, we're, but we're all in the same storm. And I think that's, um, it's really indicative to just the human experience and just how uh, sometimes we can feel not quite right. But us sharing stories with each other, us being vulnerable with each other can really help to really break the ice and help us to, to again, to disempower shame. Um, I think that, this is my humble opinion, I think that God takes pride in us, every part of us. I think that he gives us worth and that he gives us, um, he gives us ultimate dignity. That's just my, my worldview. Um, that's how I, um, I can get out of bed in the morning and not have shame about my body because I know that, um, I didn't just happen by accident, but that I, I'm a person with, with value. Um, I think we can really lessen the effects of shame by having honest, transparent discussions in safe places. That's the key thing is safe places. Cause if you can't trust the people you're talking to, then, you know, it's really hard to be vulnerable, almost impossible. And we can also, you know, encourage close friends, people around us to share their stories. I'm encouraging you to share your story. Um, so I want to hear from you. Um, uh, here's, I'm going to give you a link to our survey um, put a comment if you're watching on YouTube and send me an email. My, um, email is katie at zoecommunity.ie. Um, and let me know, um, if you're listening, where you're listening from, that's a cool thing. Um, and then if you have thoughts or questions about shame, um, I would be definitely happy to talk to you about them. And, um, if you have ideas for topics for the podcast in the future, I would also love to hear those because, We've got loads of episodes on deck. Stay tuned for that. Um, go to our Instagram. It's at Zoe Era for the non-Irish people. Um, Z-O-E-E-I-R-E. That's one one word. Um, and then also, if you want to, please click on the survey link in our bio and um, be a part of our conversation in the future. Be a part of our thousand responses. Um, and you can also go to Facebook and find us there, Zoe Community. On, we're on Facebook. Or straight to our website, zoecommunity.ie. Um, next time, we'll be talking about shame and the female body really specifically with a special guest. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Um, thanks for listening. See you later. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Unshamed Podcast. Join us next time for another topic that we hope empowers you. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share this with your friends.